week. We are so lucky to get time with Dr. Michael Roizen. He is the man from the Cleveland Clinic who's behind the Age Proof series of books, your Age Proof Life, and the upcoming release of the, it's September 13th that this book is coming out. And I am looking so forward to the release of uh, Dr. Roizen's latest, The Great Age Reboot. Cracking the Longevity Code for a Younger Tomorrow, coming out September 13th. We're almost a month away, Doc. I am a Twitter uh, with all the excitement around this book. Welcome, my friend. It's a privilege. Thank you. Well, um, we'll get to the book when it gets here. There are so many questions I want to ask. So much great research you sent this week in the world of health and uh, fitness, etc. But I have to ask you, the president keeps testing positive now for COVID on his rebound case, and they said his, his cough is coming back. Is, um, is, this, uh, is this 79-year-old guy in any danger with this thing returning? Is it that tough to knock it out? Well, what this implies is that his immune system is not knocking it out, um, and somehow it's coexisting in his cells. Now, I assume he's got, and I haven't seen the data, but they probably released it, the BA5 variety. Yes. Um, which gets the lung and not um, the nasal passages so much. So um, assuming, meaning he must have it existing still in his lung, um, I don't know that he had pre-existing lung disease, but at the as we get older, our immune system is less able to handle things. Um, I expect he'll get rid of it pretty soon. Um, he's had the uh, vaccines, and so I think he'll do it. We don't under quite understand Paxlovid, why it makes it better. It seems to ameliorate it but there are rebounds after it as though the virus has found some cells to hide in. Then it comes out again and you in a smaller amount and your immune system is able to knock it out. The, the real problem now is the president um, meets with a whole bunch of people, right? And so the real problem is, did someone give it back to him? Um, meaning while he was meeting with people, did one of his contacts give him another case of it, hmm. if you will? Or secondly, um, when will he be able to, how much of his job can he do uh, via um, Zoom or the equivalent communication? Yeah. My guess is he can do an awful lot of it. Yeah, well, he, but, he but, campaigned but, in the basement, Doc. So, you know, being the president, the presidency yeah. goes with you wherever you are. So you can be in an isolation chamber, it seems, and still be president. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm concerned more about the health of the guy. The cough has returned, and he apparently, when you, when you take Paxlovid, you apparently have to be careful of um, uh, complications from other meds. So he had to stop taking the statin. And one other med while he was taking the Paxlovid because they, they don't play well together. So that was concerning, too. Um, it is. And uh, obviously, the older you are, the less your reserve you have in lung, the less reserve you have in every other organ. So uh, that's and, and the presidency is an incredibly tough job. You know, it's it's a 24 seven. Uh, job and you're constantly being stressed and attacked 
Um, and so uh, this is a, uh, it's, it's not an easy job uh, to recover from things unless you are totally isolated. One day, and I'm just notching this down in my ADD rattled brain for a future episode, we should talk about the health implications of stressful jobs and stressful lives because I, I believe there's a connection and I, I love to talk to you about it, but I got to stay on the COVID corner. Two listeners of our program have reached out. One has a, a, a relative who has not had their sense of taste after beating COVID for a year. And nothing tastes good. Everything tastes like sour milk. And, and he's lost a ton of weight and just really starting to get bummed out about it. And the other one uh, is a, a friend who's, whose wife got COVID and seems to be recovering. But now she doesn't have her sense of taste. And again, everything tastes sour. Is there anything we know we can do to help get the, the sense of taste back? Um, the only thing you can do is to practice smelling. So the sense of taste um, has several components. One is tongue taste, that is taste buds on the tongue. Mm -hmm. And the second is smell. And smell is an awful large component. And that's what usually went with the prior um episodes of uh, COVID-19. Hmm. That is, the prior um, variants would knock out your olfactory nerve. That's the nerve in the nose because the COVID-19 virus attacked both ciliary cells in the nose and those specific um, cells in the lung. Um, the cells in the nose, that's associated with knocking out the olfactory nerve. It's a nerve that goes right to the brain. And the problem is that when you lose your sense of smell, you often have um, the virus still existing in that nerve or um, relating to that nerve. So the one practice that we've seen that seems to help that is, in fact, getting a booster if you haven't had it. And the second thing, because it seems like the virus is still alive, and the second thing is practice smell. So all of us should do this anyway. It's one of the articles in the research this week is uh, smell, for example, coffee and alcohol. Um, you know, like the alcohol wipes and uh, rosemary and garlic, but four different smells um, at least once a day so you can train your nerve to start smelling again. So um, in extreme cases, would you say just get in a New York City cab on a hot summer day and your sense of smell will be tested to the extremes? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Oh, I don't want to make I don't want to make light of it, Doc. So those four smells are uh, rosemary and well, what? No, no, no. There are any four different oh, smells. Okay. The ones the ones that are common around the house are now are alcohol wipes and coffee, um, and then a couple spices like garlic and rosemary or onions and rosemary. Okay, oh, that's great. So uh, I'll share that with them, and well, they listen. And, and anyway. it's basically trying to train your sense. And the other way is getting rid of the virus is obviously sleep 
more sleep. Um, and uh, the boosters seem to, if they haven't had the booster within four months, the booster seems to help in those cases where the virus is still existing. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that. That's uh, very interesting information. I'm I'm going to start using the uh, four smells thing every day anyway because if it's if it's helpful to um, training our brains to avoid cognitive decline, that's always a good thing. Uh, let's get into some more of the research that you sent me this week, Doc. Uh, we're still in summer. People are still spending this month outdoors. Uh, sunscreen has come up. I noticed there's a lot of news reporting on sunscreen. How do we pick the best one, and and are there uh, sunscreens to avoid? Um, you should avoid everything but either zinc oxide, micronized, or uh, titanium dioxide that is also micronized, um, and avoid all sprays. Hmm. So the the sunscreens. Um, that are approved now are, by the FDA are one or two, actually, the zinc oxide and the titanium dioxide. Um, zinc oxide used to be a, a very oily white cream. It's now much better. It's, uh, they figured out how to get a micronized portion, still effective, still use a nickel-sized portion on every part of the body that's exposed. That is, if your hands and arms use a nickel there, head use a nickel there, legs use a nickel on each leg. So the point is that it's a uh, solid base, meaning a, a uh, metallic or, or physical screen from the sun. Hmm. The problem with all the sprays um, the, they've been recently detected that the spray itself is containing benzene in most cases, which is a carcinogen. Nitrogena, I think, recalled a large number of their sprays because of that, but they've been detected by the FDA in almost all of them. Wow. And the other, the chemical ones, they think these may uh, cause long-term hepatic problems um, and so they're making the uh, each of the manufacturers prove their safety in one of the chemical ones so the chemical ones are also not uh, recommended so the only sunscreen that is now recommended is zinc uh, micronized zinc now why have I excluded titanium well if you sweat when you've got titanium you turn a ashen color doesn't mean it's not working. It is working still, but the color scares people. You look like a ghost. So, so <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> so, um, the first time I saw, uh, in fact, uh, it was Dr. Oz who um, had titanium micronized titanium oxide on. He played basketball outside with one of his kids, and he looked like a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure yeah. you didn't give him a hard time over it either. <laughs> and, and I got—I actually got worried. Was he getting sick? Um, but anyway, it was uh, solely a, the sunscreen uh, wow. plus sweat uh, turned to uh, a ghostly color. Okay, well, so we're we're staying with the zinc, micronized zinc oxide. That's the best one. Avoid the sprays. 
great advice. And just cover up. Wear a hat, too, people. It's not going to hurt you to wear a hat, cover the top of that brain. Um, Doc, my wife is a a confirmed, or at least uh, she's very convicted in her beliefs that homeopathy is a good thing and that it works for for her and everybody should look into it. Is what what the heck technically is homeopathy and does it work? Well, homeopathy is using small amounts, tiny amounts of um, plant and herbs and spices um, and other medications to stimulate your own natural healing. So homeopathy uses tiny amounts of things, and the goal is to stimulate. Most people think the benefit of homeopathy is that you're giving your own body the time to react to whatever is attacking it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the, uh, the benefit of it, we think. Um, so whether so, whether it's placebo response, whether it is stimulating your immune system, whatever wor- part of it, it works, it seems to have a beneficial effect, meaning uh, we don't know whether it's because people believe in it, that it's working, or whether it actually has a uh, medical reason for working. But there are a lot of people who believe it works. Now, in the randomized studies, it looks like it has a meaning of people who believe in it, who get either fake homeopathy or the real thing in the medications. They both recover at about the same time. Hmm. But, but um, it, and so it, it, many people think it is a belief response. That is because you believe in it, you're getting healthier from it. Um, and that's a mind over matter, which we know does work. So your mind controls an awful lot, hmm. and it may be that effect. That, that, this is fascinating to me because I believe in science, but I also believe in the power of the mind, and maybe we can teach both of them to work together, and that would even turbocharge any reaction to stuff. I don't want to, I, I don't want to say goodbye before we get into two other really key points. The first one is. Will supplements improve prostate health? Because we see ads for them everywhere. Yeah, so they looked at all of the supplements, and um, there's no real benefit save for one, which is the beta-cytosterol component of sal palmetto. Hmm. So when you get sal palmetto, it isn't looking at sal palmetto because you're going to get the fiber, et cetera, and get no effect. It is actually, other fiber is always good, but it's small amount in the pills. But the real benefit is the uh, lipid, the beta-cytosterol, seems to benefit um, and shrink uh, prostate gland cells. So look for the beta-cytosterol on the label, not the salt palmetto, but it comes from salt palmetto. Okay, very the good. Other, the yeah. other ones uh, that have been shown, I think, have a benefit. Um, look like it is glycopene from tomatoes. Um, and most of the, the preponderance of data says even if you don't get a benefit from the prostate, you get a benefit for your cardiovascular system. And um, the 
um, selenium, vitamin E, all of the others are, uh, have don't have really convincing data their benefit. Okay. Dr. Eisen, one more here, and I'm just going to throw this back in because every week we talk about vaping and every week we talk about how bad smoking and vaping are for you. Uh, E-cigarettes tied to uh, future cannabis use. Is this like a gateway drug now? Are we looking at vaping and e-cigs as a gateway to cannabis? Yeah, so gateway, that's exactly what this appears to be. In other words, if you look at um, e-cigarette use, um, there's a strong level of association when adolescents use e-cigarettes and subsequent cannabis use. So um, how high is that? Well, compared to their schoolmates, uh, looking at the past 12 months of uh, e-cigarette use and the past 30 days of cannabis use, it was about a threefold increase. That is, if you used e-cigarettes, you had a threefold increased risk of using cannabis subsequently. So, and it was in a, um, this was in looking at 9,000 uh, people, teenagers in Alabama, um, adolescents, and who didn't use cannabis at the start. And when they looked at it, they started with e-cigarettes and after and subsequent to using e-cigarettes, um, they used uh, cannabis. This was occurring before uh, COVID-19, so it wasn't related to that, um, but it was related to uh, the fact that e-cigarettes appear to be a gateway drug uh, to cannabis. Hmm. Well, that's uh, another reason to try and keep the kids away from it and yourself as well. We know there are other health risks for the chemicals involved in a lot of e-cigarettes as well as smoking. It's always a good idea to try and get away from smoking or vaping, etc. Dr. Michael Roizen, we will be a week away from the release of your new book the next time we talk. And I, I will be so looking forward to it. Maybe you'll give us a sneak at one topic in the Great Age Reboot, if you can, next week when we get together. Can I pressure you for that, my friend? Absolutely. I'd be privileged. Thank you, sir. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you. 